1: be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y ycom These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, where I speak to bands and musicians about how they've been able to make their art, uh, more or less, their full-time thing. This week I speak to Leah from The Mysterines, whose debut album, Reeling, comes out this Friday. It's an absolute banger. You'd be silly not to go and check it out. This episode is supported by 2000 Trees Festival, taking place from the 6th to the 9th of July in Cheltenham this year, just a few hours away from London, where Idols, Jimmy Eat World, Thrice and Turnstile are all headlining so many great bands. They've just announced seven new bands, including Creeper and The Regrets. And that's joining the already stacked lineup, including Knox Loose, The Get Up Kids, The Chats, Pigs, 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 Kneecap, there's just so many. If there's one independent UK rock festival you should go to this year, it's 2000 Trees. And if you know you're going, but you haven't got your ticket yet, you can use the voucher code 101POD at checkout to get 10% off. That's nearly 20 quid you could be spending elsewhere at the festival. To get your ticket, just go to 2000treesfestival.co.uk and find your way from there. 101 pod, 10% off. You can't really go wrong. You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. This is Leah from the Mysterines.
1: Go well. I left school after my GCSE, so I was 16, I left school. And then I went to college for like three months and then uh, got kicked out slash left it was like a mutual decision between me and the um whoever it was I was speaking to I can't even remember to be honest but I didn't enjoy high school I did actually enjoy college when I was there um but I had to leave because I was going on tour um the first tour that we did with Miles Kane so I had to leave because they weren't they they weren't gonna um allow me to go basically and said I had to do all my like school work on tour And I was just like, that's just not going to happen. Like when I'm getting like free ale every night, like it's definitely not going to happen. So yeah, I left and that was the last time I was in school. I think that was like 2017, which is weird because all the lads went to uni and stuff. So they they were sort of in school for a lot longer than I was. And I would still call it school when they'd like, they'd call it like uni and college, but because I was like so used to being in in school, like I, I still like referred to it as that for years. Yeah. Which I found quite funny. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's it's easy to look back on it now and be like, yeah, you know, you left college because you were going on tour with Miles Kane. And how much of a celebration? I mean, at the time, was it like that? At, at the time, was it actually a bit more complicated and a bit uh, a bit more to think about?
1: I don't think it was because my my parents were so supportive of of the career that I was I'd chosen, and you know, I'd. I'd done really well academically in my exams and I probably would have continued to if I stayed in school. So it was never sort of like, oh, I haven't got my grades. Like, what if this falls through? I think they were pretty confident that if it did fall through, I could go back and and sort of, you know, work hard to achieve, um, you know, something academic or whatever. So it wasn't that complicated. I think I remember texting text my mum that I'd been kicked out and she sent loads of like angry faces (laughs) or something like that I can't remember it was it was something along those lines (laughs) but yeah um they were pretty supportive and it was she had she didn't know I'd been offered the Miles skating tour at that point so I just said oh I've been kicked out and then I obviously explained to her when I when I came home but um
0: that's a good political move on your side. Yeah, you get the anger out, and then it, and then you make him realize it's not so bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's some, that's someone
0: with experience.
1: That is quick thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so weird for me because I was I sort of started the band before I was like old enough to be able to get a job, so I never went in. With the sort of idea of monetary struggle, if you know what I mean, because I was too young to understand what that could potentially be like when I was financially independent. So I sort of experienced that like hot like probably in the like past two years of doing the band, like up until the recording of the album and stuff. So it sort of just like hit me almost, and I was like, oh shit, I'm an adult now, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. And I've got a sort of, like, but I wasn't able to get a job because of how busy the band is and things. So I guess I've only really realised the struggle of that in the past few years. Um, Yeah, it is weird because you don't really go into music for the the finance or the money anyway. But, um, yeah, I suppose when you are being paid, like, less than 50 quid, it is a bit of a... uh, It becomes a struggle in the end.
0: Because you started playing so long ago, do you think by the time you were, what, like 18, 19, that you kind of had that identity as a player, as a musician, as a lyricist, as a songwriter?
1: I guess so. But I also felt like I'd, a lot of my teenage years had sort of been lost in a way to playing shows constantly. So it was sort of like I knew who I was in terms of what career I wanted to do. But I just, I could, because I spent so much time doing that, I sort of didn't have time to, for myself, you know what I mean? And that's a constant, like, struggle being in a band anyway. That's something that I assume not, you know, the rest of the band face as well as me. But I guess that that is like the weird balance of an artist, that, that they're sort of the people that never really know who they are, but they're constantly projecting these characters and art constantly. And maybe it's a way of, like, self-discovery. You could get pretty, like, deep on it, I suppose. But, yeah.
0: I mean, they don't have to be, but it's going to work better if you've got a strong projection of who you are. You know, you Mm -hmm. can tell these people, this is what I'm into, this is what I'm about, this is my message. Yeah. Are you still discovering yourself during that?
1: 100%. I think, you know, character portrayal in lyrics and stuff is probably a big way of escapism sometimes to try and forget that you have to be personal in your writing sometimes but when you do have to be or when you are confronted with that and you don't even realize you're doing it you're sort of a bit shocked about something that you haven't processed because you've been so busy distracted by everything else. Yeah it is pretty weird I mean it's something I'm still trying to figure out and obviously like I'm only 21 as well so I guess like do you know who you are when you're 21? But also you have to project yourself to, you know, an audience of people and fans who expect you to know who you are. So it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't even have the answer. I just go along with it. (laughs) People are
0: going to feed off your confidence to be confident in themselves.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But then I always think like, it's not my job to make them feel that way. Like all I've ever wanted to do is write songs and put songs out and, my job is that for that and it's not to be, you know, a guide in any way. But people will expect that from you. Nevertheless, you know, I guess what, what you do.
0: That's going to be a lesson that you're learning. You have learned. You will keep on learning a lot quicker than a lot of people in their lives.
1: No, 100%. Yeah, you've got to learn how to sort of process things quickly before they become an issue. It is weird when you tap into that side of yourself as well. <laughs> I think I'm the sort of person that doesn't realise they need to talk about something, so it all like builds up, and then one day I'm like, "Oh, maybe I should have acknowledged that part of myself." I think I think I just try and acknowledge the least, <laughs> so I can be as productive, which is like so stupid that we have to do that nowadays because of how demanding the industry is and. You know how much you're expected to be available constantly. You sort of don't get time to think about it, but I guess I do have. I, I mean, I do talk about it quite openly. I am now
0: <laughs> playing in a, playing music and and constantly having that open open pathway to speak to your fans and for your fans to reach out to you.
1: Yeah, I always think I'm pretty terrible out there. Like I always feel like I never know what to say, and I just don't respond to them. And it's not because like I don't want to talk to them. I get like super overwhelmed, you know what I mean? Because I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's constantly being able to be contacted is, just, is the thing that freaks me out the most. I, I prefer to speak to people in like person anyway, or like like this, like face to face. But yeah, I get I, I don't know. It yeah, it's it's a weird sort of point in the industry, especially since lockdown, because you you know social media is such a big part of of your career now. Mm. um it's so demanding and it's something that doesn't stop like social media never stops it's alive 24 7 so um and you're expected to just sort of be present 24 7 as well um so if you do sort of shut your phone off people like think you've gone like a wall <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's yeah it's crazy
0: you're growing publicly like you think so many artists can kind of Grow behind doors, maybe,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: you know, you find yourself in the position where you're you're out in the open, mm-hmm. um you know, because you're, you're you're growing. You're lear- you must be learning things, especially through lockdown and after lockdown, when it's kind of been blowing up for you. You know, the album is looming.
1: All these things are happening around us in the band, but like us four, just feel pretty. This like we feel exactly the same. You know what I mean? So I'm still with like all of my old friends and like hang around with the same people and like do the same things and like they even like sometimes they get a bit like I don't know sometimes I remember coming back from somewhere like after a bit I'd lived there for a while and all my friends like thought I was going to come back with this like massive ego and I was just exactly the same and they were pretty shocked because they were like aren't you just like caught up in everything that's happening because they were like I would be if it was them and I was just like honestly like I've just try and not acknowledge it because it freaks me out um but yeah it is it is weird I guess as you say growing publicly I I guess I have never really thought about it that way but I suppose it is yeah no one can really do that behind closed doors anymore can they you sort of yeah it is weird I'm the worst person to speak to about it I freak out
0: (laughs) (laughs) I deactivated my Facebook last year because I thought there's just too many photos of 60 you know fucking 15 year old me yeah you know I'm like I don't want that I don't want my future employees to see that I don't want Mm -hmm. you know it's all those people who have access to it like totally fine me and my friends seeing it but nah I don't want that to be
1: yeah it is weird when you try and erase your past as well it's proper like 1984
0: writing lyrics at a young age? Were
1: you writing, you know, prose, stories? Yeah, I started writing when I was like eight years old, I'd say. And I used to write lots of stories and, like, poems. And I'd, like, be, like, at end enter these all, like, poetry competitions and, like, I was in, like, the yes. English club in school. Yes. It was weird, though, because I was never sort of, like, judged for it amongst my friends. I had a pretty big group of friends. I think they just let me crack on with it, to be honest. I think they just thought I was a little bit eccentric compared to them, even though I wouldn't say that myself. But I think they just indulge in the, um, in the weirdness, to be honest. But yeah, I've always done it. And, and then I started writing lyrics like when I was like 11, when I started learning guitar.
0: That's such a young age to be writing poetry, to be writing lyrics.
1: I was obsessed with it. I just I loved Roald Dahl and I loved um, Spike Milligan. Do you know what I quite often think about in Boy
0: where he goes to the doctors and I don't know if he mentions if there's anything that's like he's got any like pains or anything like that in his mouth and the doctor puts like a like a red hot metal bar up his gums it sounds like yeah and all this flesh gushes out of his mouth and he had like a do you remember
1: that Boy's the true story isn't it like that's about yeah that's about his childhood yeah 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 that I do remember that bit actually that was one of the first ones I read I think the never-ending story always like sticks with me. I'll be sat there and I'll like start like recollecting scenes from it and just get really upset. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trippy film actually for like kids to watch. But
0: magic roundabout style.
1: Yeah, exactly that that exact thing. <laughs>
0: Did you, did you kind of meet someone then in those early years where it was, you know, someone took an interest in you because they realized you had something and they wanted to work together? What's your story with, you know, meeting people and, and then working with them? Well, when
1: I was about 13, I went to uh, an open mic, <clears throat> like, thing. And it was the first one I'd ever done. And Alf Skelly, who was James Skelly's brother, was at the open mic gig. And I had no idea that his girlfriend ran it. And I just sort of got up and like played all my own songs. And then from then onwards he just sort of mentored me from that age. Right. Um and like would teach me guitar parts. I would go around to their flat and even off flat and he would he would show me films and make me like take films home and like watch them and give me books to read and make me Spotify playlists or whatever, give me records. And he just did that for years and then he managed us up until about last January. Yeah, Alf was great. He was just like, I suppose he just helped me completely develop into and figure out what I wanted to do with the Miss But yeah, that was, yeah, I was about 13 then. Yeah, he would just give me loads loads of shit to do basically. And I didn't like, I sort of hated school and I, you know, I didn't really want to do that anymore. And he just encouraged me to do so much creative activities
0: was there a level of confidence that came with being in you know the corals kind of world
1: i don't I don't think so like weirdly not like I was probably more intimidated than anything because I was you know surrounded by these people who'd done it for years and they were judging my my writing and my creativity with the mindset of something they've done for years, whereas you know I was only like. Fourteen, fifteen, and and was like my first stuff so for them it was like they've got a well-trained mind in order to like judge these things whereas it was like pretty early stages for me so I was probably quite intimidated for a while to be honest um but I guess I felt like I was moving forward in my career because I was sort of with these people I guess
0: you're gonna learn a lot quickly it's like if you play yeah. sports or go go skateboarding with people who are better, if they can, if you can get on an a level, you're going to improve so much.
1: You've got to learn how to how to swim quite fast in the deep end, or you'll sink. <laughs> yeah, that's what I learned. And they were pretty, you know, they were Jay especially. He was pretty honest with me when I was like a kid and stuff. He would give like pretty brutal advice that would like stick with me, and it, I sort, I I suppose it sort of has. But, um, I suppose a lot of people wouldn't agree with like doing that, but it's the way I worked best. I think, yeah, looking back, I think it was like pretty intense for like a 15 year old to like, you know, be given, be given that situation, but it was good. Like it paid off. It was sort of like, a, like I was their like prodigy child, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was crazy. So how would it work? You'd, you'd make demos and sit around and
0: listen with James and Alf and other choral members or, or their mates.
1: Um, I would, I'd write songs, send them to Alf. He would say practice it in the practice room. They offered, they gave me their practice space for free, for like for years. And I was super grateful for that because I wouldn't have been able to afford that when I was that age. And it's so difficult for young bands to be able to find anywhere to practice. Like we've only just found somewhere to practice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's, 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 yeah, it's mad. But that's one thing that will always like stick with me with mm. that, what they offered me in that situation. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd write songs and then practice them, show them to Alf, demo them, and then Jay would listen to them and, I suppose, give his feedback. And then that sort of happened for a few years until he thought I'd written something that was worth putting out and strong enough and, you know, relevant enough to who I was. And I think, yeah, that was, that was Hormone, I think. And I was, like, 16 when we recorded that. Yeah, but that happened for like a few years. There was lots of there was lots of songs before that that were just like that wasn't good enough, or you know what I mean. But it spurred me on to write better stuff.
0: Did you know you had something with hormone?
1: Um, I think the only thing I think the difference with hormone was that um, I'd sort of grown into myself a bit more and grown into my influences and sort of knew the direction of where I wanted to go better
0: um
1: I mean I hate that song now (laughs) but um yeah I suppose it's difficult for me to speak about because it's so long ago maybe I did think I had something I must have done otherwise I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it um but yeah I think I think the beauty of those moments are the fact that I was so young and there was just like this relentless energy and just a lack of understanding that caused so much like like chaos, I guess, but good chaos. Like I don't know, like a crazy kid at like a christening or something.
0: <laughs> I think I mean that's how you that's how you find new things, right, by breaking the rules. And I suppose uh-huh. a, sort of a, a, an element of not knowing the rules, you're going to be breaking them.
1: Yeah, exactly. The first place I moved into, like it, that was that was in the area that i grew up in in New brighton and the landlord was like fucking great like he didn't he didn't ask for anything like legal <laughs> like no documents at all like looking back like i mean yeah i don't know how he got away with that to be honest but it was it was good it was really good all i had to do was pay 500 pound deposit and then i didn't pay for any internet or like water or electricity <laughs> and then when i left I didn't even give the keys back because I lost them. <laughs> he didn't even charge me for them. He just loved Pink Floyd and he loved the fact that I love music and like, he would just come and speak to me and he would tell me the same like Pink Floyd story like, every day. And I'd have to pretend like I'd never heard it. It was like when he went to go and watch them one time. And maybe, maybe it's the fact that I coped with the Pink Floyd story. Maybe it was a, it was a test. <laughs> yeah. No. You found a friend in you, a patient yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was great. That was in lockdown. Um, I lived, in, I lived in my own, but I really enjoyed it. I made friends with like all the neighbors in the household, and it was sort of like the range of people that were there. Yeah, it was hard not to find some sort of story going on like every day, like within the household, because everyone had their own space in their own room. But they would, we had a communal garden, and because it was like summer and lockdown, everyone would go outside. So I met a few uh, characters in that place but it was enjoyable. Like it was really fun. I loved sort of like discovering people like alone in lockdown. And I was writing the album at that point as well. So that was pretty fun. I've still got them all on Facebook actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Living
0: alone, you must have had, you know, a lot of time to to write.
1: It's good to take yourself into that space. And I sort of knew that I needed to do that for, for the record, but obviously I didn't know that lockdown was going to happen. I didn't realize how isolated it, it could have been. I didn't feel so isolated though because of what I said about like the, you know, the house I was living in and the mm. the garden and stuff. And I would go out like all the time, like not like, not against the rules. I go for like walks and stuff like all the time. Yeah, sure. Um, right, yeah. But I just, I live like, <laughs> I live like right by the prom. So I would just sort of like walk Um like really early in the morning and stuff, which was really nice. And then I'd like write in the daytime. I got a lot of writing done when I was on my own. Any of those
0: character neighbours, you know, are they characters that have ended up on Reeling?
1: When I think about it, like I was thinking about it when I was talking about it then, I was like, have I accidentally written about like Dawn (laughs) who lived next door to me? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just like the abstract nature of the whole situation. I guess, is was, was sort of projected into the record. You know, there were some moments I processed from the past that helped. That writing helped me deal with, and there was like some like, new moments that I didn't know how to deal with, and I was on my own, you know what I mean? So you sort of get to know yourself quite well, but also become so distant from yourself when you're writing, in a way, because you've got to take yourself to a different, you know, headspace. I don't think I could even explain it now because it was such a weird time, not even just for myself, yeah. just for the whole... The whole world and you know, history and stuff, but I drank a lot of whiskey.
0: <laughs> drank a lot of whiskey. Yeah,
1: Jameson's.
0: Have you
1: kept the habit up? No, definitely not. Yeah, I can't I can't even like smell Jameson's anymore without just thinking about like the first lockdown.
0: <laughs> if you were off for a year or two years, whatever it may be, between records, you know, you and the band were like, okay, look, we're gonna chill out for a bit, live life a different way for a little bit.
1: I'd probably um I'd probably join a circus to be honest, and just just oh, go yeah. all out, <laughs> be a fire eater or a, like a tightrope walk or something.
0: Go even harder do. on the touring schedule. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're both pretty similar anyway, so I guess I'd just be moving moving pretty uh efficiently in the, in the in the in the career sense. <laughs> yeah, I'd join a circus. The...
0: Brilliant! You know, you can go to school for that. You can go to college for that. Yeah.
1: I, I did feel like that's what my school was like, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That's probably what i do.
0: Leah, thanks so much for being up for this. Yeah. The album Thank sounds you so much. totally wicked. Oh,
1: I'm glad you like it. But I just hope everyone finds something they can <clears throat> relate to in the record and, and connect with. You know, I think that's all any writer ever really wants to do is to form some sort of connection between what they've created and someone else. So I hope I hope we get to do that. I would, you know, that's the aim that people enjoy the music and stick it on whenever they're with their friends or getting fucked or feeling like shit or whatever. You know, I think that's the that's the goal.
0: So there was Leah from The Mysterines, their debut album, Reeling is out this Friday and they're going on tour all across the UK later this month with a huge show on April the 1st in London at the Electric Ballroom. See you next week with an episode with Chris Wallard of Hot Water Music. See you then. I've
1: been working all day,